Current and Future Onophiles, this is Hallie. And this is Adrian. And we are the Bottle Blondes. We think wine is delicious, but we know that learning about it can be pretty overwhelming. We use our love of comedy to make learning about wine fun and approachable because we are learning about it too. In improv, mistakes are gifts. And oh boy, are we making some mistakes. So thanks for coming on this ride with us. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at Bottle Blondes Wine. Give us a listen, and if you like our podcast, leave us a review. And for pictures of the wine we drink for the cast and other adventures in wine, look for us on Instagram at Bottle Blondes Wine and on Twitter at Blondes Wine. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Um, you, well, you sneaky, you sneaky rapscallion, you. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! Uh, yes, welcome to welcome. Bottle Blonde's Unstuffy Pine, pa- Pinecast. The Unstuffy Pinecast for <laughs> tree people. For tree people. <laughs> yeah, today we're going to be covering a uh, spruce, uh, furs, uh, <laughs> different conical pine cones. Uh, okay, sorry, just kidding guys, this is a wine <laughs> podcast, not a tree podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, can we do like an offshoot of just like one tree podcast? <laughs> one tree podcast. <laughs> oh my god, is that where we review one tree hill episodes and... And talk about trees. Oh wow, okay, we've, we've got to free up our schedule. Yes, <laughs> for research. If anybody, if any time wizards uh, listen to our podcast and would like to invent an extra day for us to record our um, yeah. one tree podcast. <laughs> yeah, please. Please let us know. Um, but no, this is this is the unstuffy wine podcast for funny people. Uh, and today, because it is, uh, we are betwixt two holidays. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> betwixt uh, Christmas has ended and New Year's Eve is, is upon us. <laughs> so we figured we would um, talk about wines that are pretty synonymous with these holidays or wines that are typically. Uh, drunk around these holidays. So I know that we've kind of, um, you know, and I think in ep- uh, a yet-to-be-released episode, which might be a little bonus episode, mm-hmm. we kind of already went over uh, one of those <clears throat> grapes already, which is Gamay. And by Gamay, I mean we're talking about the wine of Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. Beaujolais Nouveau. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, afterwards, we're also going to be talking about uh, another very famous holiday wine, which is, of course, champagne. Um, yeah. Sparkling wine, um, which is delicious, and I have not learned a lot about until about this month, so it's been a really fun journey of figuring out how the hell sparkling wine is made. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so let's let's kick it off. Uh, we are going to do uh, Beaujolais Nouveau first. Mm-hmm. So, just a quick little uh, background on mm-hmm. this. Uh, Beaujolais Nouveau is a wine that is made in the Beaujolais region of France, which is north of Lyon. And I think it's south of Burgundy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, actually, um, Gamay, this grape, uh, so all Nouveau is 100% Gamay. Uh, and most wine in the Beaujolais region is made from the Gamay grape. Not to say that other grapes don't grow there, but it's like, that's what they fucking do there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's their We're jam. We're Beaujolais, and this is our jam. This is our jam. Go, 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 Gamay. Go, 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 Gamay. 
So Gamay was actually originally uh, cultivated in the Burgundy region uh, around 1300 uh, when some fancy uh, duke, the Duke of Burgundy, Philip the Bold, was, uh, fuck this grape, it's disgusting, uh, it tastes like uh, cat poo. Uh, Whoa. This is like me uh, paraphrasing his famous declaration, which was a little bit more. There was an actual famous declaration of his dismissal of the Gamay grape? Exactly. That's amazing. He was like, terrible, (laughs) obviously terrible taste. Yeah, he was like, it's harsh, like, uh, I want to grow, I want to grow Pinot. Like, Pinot is where it's at. Mm -hmm. So, um... He's like, everybody, you've got, like, five years to get rid of all your vines or I'm going to murder you. I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe not that intense, but I don't know. I mean, I believe it back in the day. There's a lot of beheadings going on. <laughs> yeah, 1300s uh, France probably wasn't the most pleasant <laughs> of places, but I don't know. Not what, the most diplomatic of places. <laughs> it's just crazy that one aristocratic asshole, like, decides, like, the taste of an entire, like, region. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, mm, nope. It's like me... I don't like lamb, but, like, I'm not outlawing it in the whole country. (laughs) Um, So some people snuck, but some people were like, "Uh, fuck you, Philip," and they Mm. snuck some of the uh, grapes over to uh, the Beaujolais, Mm. which is where they've been. So here's the deal, guys. This wasn't really a thing until, like, the 1930s, I think. Well, like, around World War II. So basically... The country always had a little celebration. It's the yep. first. It's the first wine of the harvest. It's called Vin de l'Année. Exactly. So what happens is the uh, grapes. There's a kind of strict uh, ways for how the grapes have to be uh, fermented. So they're clipped, a whole cluster. Uh, it's carbonic maceration. So everything goes into the tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not crushed. So, so the natural crushing occurs to where there's juice at the bottom, creating carbon. Dioxide is mm-hmm. a good one, <clears throat> um, which allows the wine to have less tannin and, and be a little bit uh, fruitier. So it really only has um, a couple weeks to, to ferment before it's uh, bottled up. Yeah, it said six to eight weeks. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia, <laughs> great resource for us. Uh, uh, so essentially, they around 1985... Uh, they made November 15th, I believe, the official release of the Beaujolais Nouveau in France. Uh, so that's kind of interesting because it's problematic for some people because sometimes your grapes aren't ready a little bit yeah. later. You have to <laughs> kind of like force and do some weird stuff, which is when you get kind of some grosser uh, vintages. Yeah, if you have a if you have a really cold growing season and your grapes aren't quite ripe enough, um, this could probably make some bad some bad wine. Um, Beaujolais Nouveau is the same vintage as the year it's grown, so you just you're getting the same year essentially, and it's it's really really young. It's meant to be drank immediately, uh, low tannin, high acid, so it doesn't age very well. Um, it's just kind of meant to be enjoyed like any other holiday dish, like just not too complex. Exactly. Um, so this is a big deal in mm-hmm. France. Uh, there's a bunch of celebrations. Um, there's a big uh, celebration in Beaujolais. I'm saying that wrong, which is the capital of Beaujolais region. Sure. And then also in uh, Lyon, France. Mm. So where they take the barrels, they roll them through the streets. Um, that sounds like fun. Also oh. terrifying if you accidentally let one go amok. <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of like Warner Brothers cartoon where it like yeah. rolls down the hill and smashes on somebody's head. Um, but yeah, this is, the fact is, this is a very kind of no frills, just fun wine as I was reading about this, like, the Beaujolais region, uh, you know, 
while there there is ten crew mm-hmm. in the south, um, the rest of the region, is, you know, it's, it's it's not a fussy region. Right. You it's know? like it's meant to be a lot of the same qualities of Pinot Noir, the the fruitiness, the juiciness, but without the crazy price tag, essentially. Um, so, like I was saying earlier, this was always a thing in France until um, somebody realized, hey, this is like a thing that we could <laughs> kind of market to other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of uh, the person that's kind of credited with doing that is uh, George DeBuff. George DeBuff. Judge DeBuff, who. Um, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> he's just like Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Uh, he's essentially like the king of Beaujolais, the pope of Beaujolais. He's he's the pope a, of Beaujolais. That's what I was reading about. I love that. He's he's very well known. So uh, he kind of was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this. I'm gonna sell this to other countries. I'm gonna make fun labels. They're like mm-hmm. fun abstract art. Um, heavy heavy marketing heavy marketing uh he's yeah he's the best known producer of it um and yeah he's the marketing guru that made it to what it is today so um after world war ii um then it became a national event in the 70s and then the 80s it kind of spread to the rest of the europe rest of the europe (laughs) hey the rest of the europe is great (laughs) and the usa (laughs) and then uh, made its way to asia in the 1990s so um so it's pretty popular world phenomenon, uh, Beaujolais Nouveau, and you can even see it trickle down as far as Trader Joe's. Like, Trader Joe's makes their own Beaujolais Nouveau, which um, we didn't get our hands on this year because I forgot that it came out in November. Me too. I thought it was a December wine, um, so poop on us. Uh, one more quick thing about yeah. uh, Beaujolais uh, Nouveau is that it probably accounts for about 50% of the production in the Beaujolais region. Oh, wow. Um, I did not know that. And that's in the south of the region. The region is about 35 miles long, about 70, oh, excuse me, 7 to 9 uh, miles wide. Mm-hmm. So in the south, 50%, that's the Beaujolais Nouveau. Uh, it's got more sedimentary clay soils. And then in the north, kind of, we have the villages, uh, and the villages are about 30 to 39 uh, producers, um, who, and that's like the second tier. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I've been told that tier is a bad way to phrase wine when we're thinking about the different <laughs> classifications, because it doesn't necessarily... Indi- it doesn't necessarily indicate quality, exactly. but it's hard, because it's hard to, not to think of it that way. Yeah. And then the third tier, because <laughs> I'm going to keep using it, keep using tears. Uh, is... Is the crew uh, Beaujolais, which is only ten producers, and that is going to be um, a Beaujolais with a little bit more uh, structure um, and rigorous practices. So, uh, oh, George, you know what? Let's just get into it. Let's let's try let's just try them out. Let's just try some of this stuff out. This is the 2018, obviously same year. The label this year is a very pretty abstract pink which is very it's, it's like the same color as the wine like when i have this wine at christmas uh, it's the same one it's like jackson pollock had a pink day yeah like he on wednesdays he, he paints pink which is also <laughs> which also brings me to this other thing i wrote down when i was doing my research Beaujolais Nouveau, it's like the cool mom. It is like the cool mom. It's like, it just wants to have fun. It wants, yes. it wants to like be a part of the party. Like, come on, guys. Like, come on, guys. Like, Beaujolais is really cool. It's, um, it's going to go, it 
funny because like on my little like pairing chart, it doesn't really go with a lot of things. Like nutty cheeses are gonna be good. White meats are gonna be good. Um, you know, you could do it with shellfish, fish, things that are. It goes, but it does light light foods. Yeah, yeah but it does go. Yeah, it goes. It's a pretty food friendly, uh, friendly wine. But yeah, beautiful color this beautiful. year. Beautiful, and it's, it smells. Smack like banana. Yeah, it's Just like hey yeah. banana bread. Yeah, it's banana. It's um, it's strawberry. Like like strawberry jam. Yeah. Uh, this year it's, it's actually there's a tiny 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 little bit of tannins this year. Ooh. Yeah. It gives it a little more structure. That's fun. Mm. So George DeBuff, <clears throat> uh, he actually grew up in the Burgundy region, uh, making champagne. Uh, and was kind of like an errand boy for his father's uh, winery. <laughs> George DeBuff, go run my errand. George DeBuff, go to the restaurant and drop off this barrel. <laughs> Roll it down the hill. Roll it down the hill. Um, and then he eventually started his own um, kind of production facility. The business produces 2.5 million cases of wine every single year. Wow. So... What they do is um, they just source all the their grapes from various uh, growers mm-hmm. in that southern region, Beaujolais. Beaujolais, first year. I'm gonna say this word so much today. I'm what? Gonna, Which one? Beaujolais. 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 It is a fun word to say, but not 20 times in a row, which is what I've been doing. <laughs> which is why you're probably hearing me pronounce it uh, 16 different variations. It's just so tart, but not in an obnoxious way. Exactly. Like, it just lingers there for a few moments. Mm-hmm. And then it, then it and kind of goes away. And then it leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, George DeBuff even makes ties, which has, like, the, <laughs> um, I know, fact out of nowhere, uh, he makes ties of his designs for what that year. What a distinguished man. <laughs> he's still alive. He's, How old is he? He's, like, 85. Um, his, oh. his son, uh, I think... I think he's still like the main owner. Like he's he's obviously grooming his son mm-hmm. uh, to take over for him, and the son's probably been working there for his entire life. It says that the label art is called Foolish Pleasure oh. by Chloe Meyer. Is Beaujolais a foolish pleasure? I mean, I Beaujolais Nouveau. Kinda, mm-hmm. I think it kind of is. I think that's kind of indicative of the um, of the attitude around Beaujolais. Is like. I was reading that some wine critics are kind of snobby about Beaujolais. They're like, what's the point? Like, it's just so flimsy and just, you know, meant to be enjoyed, like, one time out of the year and there's no structure to it. But it's like, well, there's still, like, a huge, I don't know, there's culture around it. Yeah, exactly. That's the the whole thing. The celebration around it. It doesn't need to be complex. It needs to be enjoyed. Exactly. Um, so Gamay, mm-hmm. the grape, mostly grown uh, in Beaujolais in France, also grown in the Loire Valley, uh, in the uh, Ontario Peninsula of Canada, and then mm. also here in our fair state of Oregon in the Willamette Valley. So oh, yeah. Gamay is grown not, I mean, that's a hearty handful of places, mm-hmm. but not as prevalent as, you know, Pinot Noir or a lot of other Red Noble grapes. Well... If I may segue that into our own Willamette Valley. Oh, please do. Um, the the wine that I brought uh, is also a Beaujolais Nouveau, but it is a uh, New World. So <laughs> the label says Gamay Nouveau because it's technically not from Beaujolais. Uh, this is 
a producer called Bow and Arrow in the Willamette um, Valley, and it's actually, I think the producer is literally in Northeast Portland, Oregon. It's um, Scott and Dana Frank, and Dana Frank's a pretty famous Somali, and she also opened a wine bar in Southeast uh, called Bar Norman. So I believe they produce almost exclusively natural wines. Um, it didn't say that expressly on their website, and also this this particular um, this particular bottle didn't have a lot of information about it, other than it's just grown, grown from Gamay grapes this year, and the those grapes are grown um, kind of more near Salem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't even actually tried this yet because I was on a plane yesterday, um, as much as I wanted to drink on the plane, which <laughs> I didn't. Um, but I have had other bow and arrow wines, and they've always been kind of that very interesting natural effects. Ooh, ooh. And it's already like a lot darker than the previous one, but, but it's still very similar hue of like that kind of purpley magenta. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not pouring this very neatly. That's okay. We're both a little sleepy time Wee. kitties. <laughs> As I like Aww, to call. Sleepy time kitties. Oh, and it also has that like. Whoa! Whoa! Okay, that's some barnyard smell there. Yep. Um, definitely getting. Definitely getting some banana again. And like raspberry. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, secondary or tertiary um, smells that you might get with a uh, Nouveau is um, some floral things like um, violet, iris, peony. Whoa. I got, okay. I got more floral, I mean, notes in the French mm-hmm. one, but I'm... This is very aesthetic. Oh yeah, that's tart. That's real tart. Real tart. Real tart. That might need a, a little time to open up. Yeah, that's like um, I've had this problem with some gamets that I've had before, which is where they taste like the 100% no sugar added mm-hmm. cranberry juice. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely like cranberry, bright red currant kind of vibes. Mm. Um, I think that this would pair really nicely with like some pork or some chicken or something. Yeah. But, um, it's gonna need a minute before I want to drink it on its own. Yeah, it is definitely gonna need some some time. Mm. I would. Hmm. So moving on. Uh, from Nouveau, I also wanted us to taste just the other thing that we find in the stores a lot. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, next. It's the second tier. <laughs> the Beaujolais Villages. Um, so I was, I was mentioning earlier, the Beaujolais Villages are about 25% of that uh, production, and then the crew is making up the other 25. So this is essentially um, 30 to 39 uh, villages mm-hmm. um, that all kind of will, growers that will sell their grapes to um, like a big producer, mm-hmm. or some of them will make s- smaller batches on their own but this one this is what you're going to find in the stores in the u.s it's louis jadot you're going to see it at trader joe's you're going to mm-hmm. see it in your grocery store and it's not a bad wine it's pretty good yeah it's it is it's not, it's not too bad um this one is a little i don't know maybe you weren't into it it's okay um so louis jadot is one of the bigger producers mm-hmm. their their whole jam on their website was consistency and sometimes people 
don't like that. Yeah, that's oh, for sure. That means if you're, it's not very expressive of the wine or of the vintage. Exactly, and if you're doing consistency, that also means chemical, like maybe a little bit more tinkering, mm-hmm. uh, using wine additives so mm-hmm. that you have that consistency year after year. Um, so this is more granite soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so this Louis Jardot actually does have their own uh, vineyard on the property, mm-hmm. and of that of this wine, about sixty percent of the grapes are coming from their own vineyard and the remaining 40% are grapes they're getting from the villages and blending them uh, together. So, yeah, let's let's give this one a taste. <laughs> We're going to dump that little dump that guy up. Um, this one, when I first put it in my mouth and my nose this morning, <laughs> very Sweet tart candy is really just the first thing. Sweet tart. It smells like sweet tarts. It tastes like sweet tarts. Um, I hope it opened up a little bit. It's a lot less fragrant than the other two. Yeah, I had a hard time like picking out some some aromas this morning. I also just put down strawberry and raspberry, which yeah. I know aren't all that exciting, but that's those are those are kind of just the thing. Those are the red fruits that come up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, huckleberry, which I thought was a black fruit, but I guess huckleberry is a hmm. red. This one is kind of like it's lean, but it you can drink some on its own. Yeah, lean. That's a very yeah. It's almost got like a after you've had some like Lacroix or Club Soda, and the bubbles are kind of like lingering. Oh yeah, it's the whisper of flavor in Lacroix. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> I love Lacroix, but uh, I understand when people say, "What is it?" It's like shouting the name of the fruit from your, the other room. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a, whoever said that, give that person a... <laughs> that's a <prompt. laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Because um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the way that this is. Yeah, somebody in the other room is like, strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I kind of feel about this this Beaujolais Village's mm-hmm. uh, wine. It's just like, talking out loud to myself earlier so eloquently so eloquently <laughs> and then I start talking to another person and it all goes out the window um cool are you nervous around me Helena Andrea I've been meaning to tell you this for a long time yes Helena um I love you and I've been really afraid to tell you that so when we ever we record I just trip over my words and I get my information all mixed up, and I hope you're not judging me, okay? Oh, Ellie, there's somebody I haven't wanted to tell you for a long time. Oh my god. And let me too. And, uh, and I've been waiting for Chris to, to tell you, because I, I think the holidays are so magical and full of love, and this is like our own love actually moment. It really is. In fact, I've brought some, I've brought some poster board cards <laughs> in case I couldn't tell you in words. They're right here. Oh my god. Read them. <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you. Drop. That this season, 2018, Year of Our Lord. Drop. <laughs> you were like the grape to my vintage. Drop. <laughs> you were like the carbonic maceration to my gamay. Drop. <laughs> you were like. The steep hill to my Riesling. Drop. <laughs> this is the last card. It's just a heart. 
And we're on either side holding hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a really good drawer. It's, it's a stick figure. So. But I, I got it. I got it. You yeah. captured your essence very well. Oh, wow. I'm wow. Yeah. Um, Sorry, listeners. We just had to get that out of our chest. We had to get that moment. Well, I mean, like, we just had to express it. Because, like, the holidays are about expression. And, and it's, you know, just enjoying the company of others. It's true. It's true. And then sometimes after, enjoying the company of others for many, many days on end. Not... Not enjoying the company not, not for a couple days and, and hiding in your in your apartment or house. And I think that's kind of the magic of, of New Year's is like coming home and being like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not with my family anymore and I'm going to go party. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that was a fun little trip to, mm-hmm. to, to France. France. I think we're staying in France though, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Um, we're staying in France, and we're specifically going over to one of the most famous regions, the Champagne region yes. of France. Champagne. Champagne. Um, champagne is a style of sparkling wine made famous from um, the Champagne region of France, which is really close to Paris. Yeah, it is close. Um, it's like in the north, right? It grows uh, mainly three types of grapes. Uh, the Chardonnay grape, uh, the Pinot Noir grape, and uh, an unknown grape called the Pinot Meunier. Wait, wait, Meunier. I, I think you're blowing my mind. Okay. Champagne is champagne made, is made is, with Chardonnay grapes. Champagne is made with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and the the less known of the Pinots, Pinot Meunier. I know. Did you? Champagne is made with Chardonnay. Isn't that crazy? I feel, actually, mm, I did watch a documentary on Netflix called A Year in Champagne that was really interesting, mm-hmm. um, but I also watched it when I had been drinking wine <laughs> and was trying to go to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just remember having to read a lot of subtitles, which I'm totally fine with. Oh, yeah, but, I'm fine with that. But I think some information might have been lost but on me. <laughs> that's like when I fell asleep watching an anime the other night and kind of got every other scene and was like, I don't know what's happening. I yeah. <laughs> Um, so we are going to be focusing on, uh, the most famous, I'm going to say the most famous, the most famous sparkling wine, um, which is Champagne, and there's a lot of sparkling wines out there, there's Cava, there's Prosecco, there's just regular ass sparkling wine, there's Champagne Styles, which are in the New World, but Champagne, if you have not gotten the memo, only comes from champagne. <laughs> exactly. Anything else that you're getting mm-hmm. is not champagne. It's not champagne. It's sparkling. Vino Verde, sparkling. Sparkling. Uh, Cooks, sparkling. Definitely sparkling. <laughs> Andre, mm, questionable. Questionable. <laughs> Mala de Cristo. Uh, uh, that one's all right. Even is champagne. I think that's champagne. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot of different sparkling ones out there and they all have different styles and all have different expressions um as i was saying earlier uh champagne is typically made with three three types of grapes it can be a blend of each one or it can just be one on its own it's going to be chardonnay pinot noir and pinot meunier or meunier i don't know how you say that um this one that we're going to try today is Champagne Moutard. Moutard. Uh, it is, Moutard. This is a Brut Grand Cuvée, and I'm going to go into explanation as to what all of those mean. Yeah, I get really confused. a lot of terminology when it comes to Champagne. Yeah. I think that's what happens, too, is, like, it's hard to understand Champagne, and there's a lot that goes <laughs> into the... <laughs> 
there's a lot that goes into the production for champagne, and so people just tend to be like, yeah, Prosecco, Cava, what does it all matter? Um, and they're actually, a lot of them are very distinctly different. And also, champagne goes with fucking everything. Uh, so this is a champagne moutard uh, made by the moutard family in the Côte de Bar region, which is a region of champagne. It's kind of the most southern region. Um, there's actually quite a few regions of champagne. I'm just gonna run them off real quick. Do you want me to take the cage off while you? Well, I'm actually gonna take the cage off because I, I read it in here how to do that. Oh. Yeah, so um, there's the Montagne de, de Reim, the Vallée de la Marne, the Côte de Blanc, Côte de Cézanne, and the Côte de Bar. Those are the main growing regions in champagne. Um, and yeah, so you see you see champagne and you or any sparkling wine, and there's a little cage on the top uh, to hold in the the um, the cork. And I think you're supposed to hold it at like kind of a 45 degree angle. You untwist it six times: two, three, four, five, six. And you're actually supposed to open it with the cage on. Oh, really? I've yeah. I've never done it that I way. know, which is really weird to me. Um, <coughs> and you're not supposed to let it pop. Because <laughs> <laughs> that releases more uh, more fizziness, uh, more carbon than if you just kind of release it slowly. But popping is fun, you guys. Sometimes, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes you just gotta pop bottles. Also, that really upset Charlie. Oh, well. <laughs> um... <laughs> So let's give this a taste. Champagne is going to be, like I said, very high acid. It's going to have kind of a, a lot of flavors of apple and pear, um, some cream and toast. Um, it's going to be a nuttiness, which is going to come from the yeast, which creates the the fizziness inside of it. Why can't I think of the word? Carbonation. Carbonation. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a lot of the champagne smells... Uh, Kind of like a like yeah yeasty like sourdoughy mm-hmm. uh, toast. I wonder if that's why people say let's make a toast. I'm a baby. That's my baby I theory. I like that. I like that theory. It was a good pun theory. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, because that's what you should do. Mm. Yum yum yum. Yummy. Oh, see, this is this is, has a very soft mouthfeel. Yeah. I like it. Well, and, and not um, not aggressive bubbles. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like uh, certain sparklings are overly, and it's hard to, like, swallow. swallow. I feel like kava is kind of like that, um, and I feel like that's why it's very commonly associated with, um, why can't I think of the word, um, champagne and orange juice makes a mimosa. mimosa. Yeah, that's why you see it a lot with mimosas. Um, you don't really use champagne for mimosas. Um, this, I think, is probably a pretty classic expression of champagne. This one is specifically made from Pinot Noirs. Um, so I think that's just it. It's, it's just all, it's like a blend of Pinot Noir, but it's not um, a specific vintage. Harmonious blend of Pinot Noir from the Cote de Bar, a fine, rich, developed nose with aromas of butter, almonds, and brioches. Ooh, a lively and supple mouth 
mineral fruity wine flavored. I'm glad it's wine flavored. Thank God. <laughs> uh, lingering and fresh at the end. So, does yeah. It, does it say if it's like a, this is something I remember from that documentary, mm-hmm. if it's like a first crush or a second crush or a third oh, crush? Oh, I don't know. That was something, if I'm remembering correctly. So, the best juice comes from the first crush, mm-hmm. obviously. And then that's what a lot of premier um, champagne makers will use for their for their bottles. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll sell um, the grapes mm-hmm. to other um, winemakers, uh, and then they'll do a second crush, oh. and then a third crush. And third crush champagne is like, not that great. Okay. Um, but first crush is like, because that's the juice. Well, you always remember your first crush. You always remember. So yeah, first crush. I didn't know about first crush, second crush, third crush. Um, um, and the, what's funny about the third crush is after they get that last bit of like juice from the third crush, mm-hmm. they then take the old skins, they feed them to the farm animals oh. and other chickens and shit. So, isn't that lovely? That is lovely. That's very, uh, like, use the whole cow kind of mentality. Exactly. Um, farm life. Farm life, Death well. fa- farm life. Death farm life. Um, I did go to a, a champagne or a sparkling wine tasting recently at the Wine and Spirit Archive, and um, they, they kind of talked about how, basically, <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the land... And the wine growing in Champagne is accounted for. Like, there's nobody new going to Champagne and buying up new land because, like, it's a small region. The families that have been there have been there for eons. Um, so that everything is pretty exact by this point. Like, people have their winemaking um, pretty down pat, and the way that they ripen their grapes is very specific and. I, I really couldn't get into all of the facts about actually growing the grapes, but basically they grow them. Um, they cannot overripen them because of just the, the nature of champagne and how delicate it is. And then when they take them and they press them, they press them really, really lightly, which I think is having to do with that crush stuff exactly. that you're talking about. Like, yeah, and I saw the machine in action. Mm-hmm. And it's very, um, it can, it's very... It, Depending on the producer, it can mm-hmm. be very mechanic mechanicized. Mm-hmm. That's not a word. Mechanized. Mechanized. Thank you. <laughs> mechanized. Weaponized. Weaponized. <laughs> <laughs> um. These grapes are lethal <laughs> and come into a theater near you. Summer 2019. Second crush. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a tangent oh there. They have to, so they have to be pressed really, really delicately. No skin contact. Um, <laughs> as you know, skin contact produces color. Um, so if if you're pressing Pinot Noir grapes and you get pink, that's that's going to be a rosé. It's not going to be a, a classic champagne anymore. Um, so yeah, the, the wine making is like really specific and really, really careful. Um, and the way that it gets carbonated is um the wine goes into the bottle and then it's topped off with like a special blend of yeast and sugar Mm. and it is i don't know if it's if it's always turned upside down but i think it's turned upside down and basically the the yeast um go through something called uh i'm not gonna sure if i'm gonna say this right um autolysis it's basically the wine becomes like cannibalistic and it just eats up all of the the yeast and it it 
carbonates in the bottle. Um, There's like a horror movie going on. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And there, you know, somebody comes through and they have to riddle the the wine so that the yeast deposits move towards the top of the of the bottle so that they sit at the top. Mm. So that they can be removed, so that there's not a bunch of sediment in your wine. Um, so once, yeah, once all these yeasts get eaten up, this kind of residue is created, and somebody comes through and just gently rotates the bottle bit by bit, day by day. Uh, there's machines that do it now, but in the old days, these dudes used to wear these little screens in front of their faces because it was so volatile that you could turn a bottle and it could explode. Um, Whoa. <laughs> and they'd come through and they just gently rotate them day by day. So imagine like old Lewis yeah. going down into the cellar and rotating them slightly and then every once in a while one of them just going kaboom. <laughs> I think in the second Saw movie they go to a guy mm-hmm. and they like show him doing that like two at a time just like a boom, Ooh. boom, boom, boom. And it's, yeah, I mean it's, it's cool. It's, it's a cool thing to, to see somebody do uh, by hand. Um, and then once it's time to, once all of the yeasts have been eaten up and it's been aged for a specific amount of time, uh, you you do a disgorgement, Ooh. which means getting rid of that plug at the top of sediment. Um, Ooh, really gross. gross. It me of birth. Like, yeah, pretty much. Like, they're like birthing like yeast sediments, basically. I mean, it's not yeast anymore because it's been eaten up, but like, yeah. Dude, we just yeah. ate like some, just tasted some interesting... I'm gonna have a little bit more of this. Is that yeah, right? go for it. Really good. It's was, so good. Um, yeah. So the disgorgement is <laughs> the the period of disgorgement. Um, I don't know if there's machines that do it now or if it's still done by hand. I think it just depends on the um, on the wine grower and how much money they have and what mm-hmm. their practices are. But you're not supposed to lose very much of the wine. It's kind of like a special process where you get rid of the plug, but you don't lose that much wine. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. They didn't really control that quite as much as they do now. Like, now it's required that everything is 750 milliliters. But back in the day, sometimes you'd lose a little bit more wine. Sometimes you'd lose a little bit less. So it it became common practice that the foil goes all the way down to the neck. Mm. <laughs> because then you couldn't tell how much wine was actually in the bottle. Oh. If they had lost some or not. Now it's regulated. You're going to get the same amount of wine every time. But that's kind of a fun little fact left over from the olden days of disgorgement. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, sorry if I'm jumping ahead. No. But I'm curious. Did you do... So why do we... Why is it drank at, like, celebrations and, like, New Year's Eve? I don't know why it... Oh, I... For New Year's Eve, it was a specific bar in New York. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That made it popular. Um, it, but at least I don't know why it says it in in just celebration in general. The tradition of drinking champagne to mark celebrations originated in the royal courts of Europe prior to 1789, where the expensive drink was viewed as a status symbol. So it's kind of in both cases, like. The fact that it's associated with New Year's is a bit of a status symbol is is marked by this wine bar that was in New York, which I have to look the name of, and then I guess just like aristocrats in France. Hmm. Uh, C'est intéressant. Yeah, oui, oui. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I'm doing my little French app right now because I did take three years of French and I've been slightly embarrassed at a lot of my pronunciation of things. Um, and one of the phrases that I have uh, learned in my app is uh, faire le pipi. <laughs> Means you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> 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 um, I'm gonna use that instead of being like, I gotta pee, y'all. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah, fair like fair is the verb for to do, and then I can't remember the. It's either la de, I don't know. It's get, it gets confusing, especially after you've had some uh, Beaujolais and champagne. <laughs> mm-hmm. One can make an argument, I'm reading from imbibemagazine.com. One can make an argument that Champagne's New Year high point occurred in the first decade of the 20th century at Cafe New Year's Eve party in France. Uh, 1937 Martins in New York City. I'm confused as to what that means. Anyways, it's a bar in New York called Martins in 1937. Um, this This French restaurant was among the first rank of lobster palaces where the cream of society went to entertain themselves and on New Year's Eve, guests could order anything they wanted to drink as long as they wanted champagne. And it was reputedly the first place to go champagne only after 9 p.m. on New Year's Eve. So basically, one fancy-ass uh, bar in New York was like, yo, we only serve the fanciest wine after 9 p.m. on New Year's Eve, and kind of spread from there. Cool. Rich people decide a lot of things. We've, yes, as we've realized in 2016. <laughs> yeah. uh, rich people, dukes, um, mm-hmm. the aristocrats are doing it, mm-hmm. and everybody else has to do it. Um, you may hear us crunching a little bit in the background. Uh, champagne goes really fucking awesome with anything kind of fatty or fried. Mm. So perfect pairing with potato chips, perfect pairing with french fries. Perfect pairing with a lot of things. Which is so funny that such a fancy wine pairs so great with so much junk food. Ju- that's <laughs> a good point, yeah. Like, pop, like popcorn. Popcorn, mm, mm-hmm. perfect. Um, I'm going to go into some other fun facts about wine production. Um, so basically there's, there's a bunch of different terminology. There's a bunch of different terminology around champagne and like its production. There's vintage and non-vintage, first off. And if you're drinking a vintage, you're probably spending quite a bit of money on it. Um, Non-vintage is very popular, and it's just as good. It's basically a blend of cuvées, which means something different when it's applied to non-sparkling wines. Cuvée is basically just like a specific winemaker's blend of non-vintage wines gotcha. different tanks that they're saving for to blend uh, into a non-vintage sparkling wine okay so a cuvee label will just say cuvee not a year necessarily yes okay. exactly um so this says grand cuvee um i'm not really sure what the grand means the best. i'm yeah i guess it <laughs> just means like this is some real good cuvee as opposed to like real shit cuvee yeah um so you're going to see cuvee a lot. It doesn't really mean anything super special. It just means it's a blend. Okay. <laughs> um, blend of stuff. From, blend of shit. From that property? From that property. Um, from that, or from that producer. Okay, because they could be getting their grapes from... From other places, yeah, in yeah. theory. Um, the other thing that you... So if you do get a non-vintage, it's going to have to be aged at least 15 months. Um... And Wine Folly says, yeah, just to your point, the Chef de Cave blends 
wines from several vintages to produce a consistent house style. So like, Cuvée is kind of like house style wine. Gotcha. House wine. Okay. And house wine's often really good wine. Um, if you do get a vintage, uh, it's required to age a lot longer. It's probably going to be a bit nuttier. It's uh, 36 months is the minimum aging. And it increases the tertiary flavors like marzipan, brioche, toast, nuttiness. So you're going to get a lot nuttier flavors, and that's from the yeast sitting on that wine a little bit longer. Um, there's also crews, which the Grand Crew and the Premier Crew. I guess there's 17 Grand Crews of Champagne. And crew just means vintage in French. Um, right? I think it's just... I think it's just sites. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think the Grand Crews are just the sites. So there's the Grand Crews, there's 17 Grand Crews, and then there's 42 Premier Crews. And they're just kind of like... I don't know who decided it. Probably some rich dude in yep. the government. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was like, yo, these are the best regions or best sites. Um, but nowadays it's really just going to be up to winemaker style. Um, and then after that, you're also going to notice on the label a lot of times things like brute or extra brute. Um, that's going to go into the sweetness because there is a very specific classification for sweetness um and that has to do with the amount of sugar that's added after so it's not residual sugar it's this sugar that's added back into the wine after it's done weird i know it's crazy um all wines have a small amount of sugar but some have an added amount of sugar so brut nature or extra brut is going to be bone dry no added sugar brut uh, can have up to 12 grams per liter, so it's still very, very dry. Uh, extra dry is going to be in that same category, dry. And then there's semi-deck and du, which semi-deck is going to have, is going to be pretty sweet, and then du is going to be like hella sweet. Oh. Yeah. So does extra brute mean it would be sweeter too? Extra brute means it would be drier than oh, brute. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So going opposite there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yummy. So if you want to dry white wine, Brut's going to be the way to go. You're probably not going to get very many extra calories from sugar, at all, if any. Yeah. For all you people concerned about caloric intake from alcohol. Yeah, from alcohol. Uh, I'm not, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously not our main concern. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, um, that's champagne. Cool. Champagne's fun. Champagne's great. Um, I've had a good time learning Uh, do you have a, I think now we're probably going to get into, we still have to do our wine term of the week. Do we want to do our surprise wine? And then, yeah, we're going to do some surprise Mm -hmm. wines, too. you on this. Okay, I'll be blinded. You should blinded, be blinded by this wine. <laughs> it's gonna be weird and you're gonna be surprised. <laughs> okay, close your eyes. My eyes are closed. Uh, and I've already represented to Adrian earlier that this is, um, wine has absolutely nothing to do with our segment today, but that's 
Normally we try to do a blind taste testing in the uh, realm of what we're talking about, but um, you know, it is the end of the year, so I'm just going to be silly. <laughs> and yeah. Whoa. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that was my thought too when I put this up to my face. It has a very distinct chemical smell. It smells like a cleaning product. Oh, that's so funny that you say that. It smells like um, something that you'd use in the bathroom. <laughs> kind of um, to my... wipe down your mirrors or your <laughs> or your toilet. Um, wow, you've got some really great. I give you a pretty big pour of this too. <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's a white wine. Um, I mean, it doesn't smell awful or anything like. I would say that it tastes better than it smells, which is maybe sometimes not the best thing you want to hear with the wine, but when you... When you so it's definitely got some floral aromas of, like, rose, definitely lemon in the um, pine salt variety. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe some, like, pine or something. I love that you're saying pine. That's yeah, it smells like pine. It tastes like pine. <laughs> it tastes like pine, right? What? <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> Can I open my eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Open them. Okay. It's white. It's white. Yep. Mm-hmm. What on earth? I know. Um, wait. So, <laughs> this is old world. <laughs> it is? Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Oh, little John's coming out. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Um, oh my God! Did you watch the Little John Kool Aid Man Christmas Carol thing that came out? No. It's a. It's all I want for Christmas, but like Little John style, and the Kool Aid Man is in it, and he raps, but his only the only way he raps is oh yeah, oh oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. That's fabulous. Sidetrack. Um. Yeah, you're probably never gonna guess because I know. Um, is this? Okay, so is this... Can I ask, like, a couple clue questions? Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, sure. Is this a a single varietal? It is. This is a... This actually would have been really good for our Weird Wines episode mm. last week. But I didn't know of its existence until I just randomly pulled it from the mystery shelf of Fred Meyer. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, it's pretty light-bodied. Like, it's a pale yellow. Um... Smell is fucking bonkers. Yeah, I'm definitely not gonna guess what it is. I want to say it's from like Germany or Austria or one of those places. Um, and I'm definitely guessing that it's kind of young, like maybe 2016. Oh, I don't think I paid attention. 2017. To I don't even think there's a year on it. Okay, it's not a vintage. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I didn't have a, you know what, I wasn't even going to bring this, so I didn't really do any research on it. In fact, That's I, fine. when I tell you what it is, I'm just going to literally There's agree. a lot, okay, I'm getting a lot of lime in it now. Mm. All right, go for it. Like, what is this Okay. <laughs> what is this shit? This is a Greek wine. Ah! It's a Retsina. I've seen this. Okay, yeah. I've always been curious as to what this tastes like. So you're ready for this? <clears throat> so Retsina is a Greek white resonated wine. And it's been made, it's old as fuck. It's been made for 2,000 years. Whoa. Uh, it's unique flavor. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's said to have originated from the practice of sealing wine vessels, uh, particularly 
amphorae, which is uh, like clay. Like when you oh yeah yeah yeah. Like in pictures from yeah. Roman times when people are carrying like big mm-hmm. jugs, but they would those seal are. those off and, and they would bury them underground, and that's how they would age wine in olden times. Mm-hmm. So this particular wine would be sealed with something called Aleppo pine resin. Oh. So. Uh, before the invention of impermeable glass, uh, which caused um, a lot of wines to spoil within a year, this pine resin that they would use would help keep the air out of it. But in the same time, we'd also be infusing the wine with that aroma. All right. So essentially, that is why you got all that fucking pine, because oh. when they make it now, so when they make it now, they actually like put uh, some of the pine resin, I feel like, in the fermentation. Oh, God, it's crazy. There's a lot of information on this wine because it's super old, but not very popular, um, no. as you can imagine. Cause I keep tasting it and being like, maybe there's something in it that I will like, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I eat it with an olive, being like, maybe that's the way it's meant to be. Nah. <laughs> so when the Romans conquered Greece, um, way back in the day, they would refuse to drink this because ah! it was so bitter to them. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's mo- so yeah, it's mostly produced um, in Attica. Uh, it's, crazy. it's crazy. Wow. Maybe more on this another time. But, oh yeah, such wines lack the pungent whiff of turpentine. Yeah, it's, it's very chemical. Yeah. It's weird. So, but like food that they do uh, is a lot of local cuisine. So like really like heavy things like garlic dips and lamb and like like really that pungent mediterranean stuff like stuff with a lot of onions and yeah you'd kind of need that to stand up to the pungent the pungent pine notes yeah this is a food wine 100 percent. 100 percent. so that's a fun thing I you know what uh i'm really glad i tasted that if only for knowing what the fuck it is yeah now you know yeah. um i don't know if i'm it's going to take me a while to get through this one. I'm, I'm pretty Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Okay. Um, I'm going to open mine. You already saw that it's a sparkling wine, so mm-hmm. it's not a huge surprise. But um, I hopefully... Closing my eyes. Hopefully you didn't know where from. And it's going to take me a second because opening sparkling wine is... A process. This is one of the process. going to remove the flour. I wonder how many people have died from, like, <laughs> corks hitting them in the face. Oh, God. Or, like, how many people have actually lost an eye from that? You know, oh, I want, I yeah. Want, I want those statistics. I do, too. Um, or from, like, a bad sabering um, accident. Oh, my God. I want to saber a bottle of champagne so hard. Pop, pop, pop. Ooh, this one is... This one has more persistent bubbles than mm-hmm. the other one. Um, when you stick it to your nose, it kind of has that like wow. bubbles up the nose like Jesus effect age. that when you get on the plane and you order some. Uh, <laughs> I like how Adrian has disguised this wine with a paper what towel and a hair tie. Paper hair tie. It's a classy. <laughs> it's very bright, like lemon, like lemon rind, mm-hmm. um, like watercress crackers. Um. Yeah. Huh. Color is very nice. Very pale, pale gold. Um, a little bit of nuttiness, not too much. I'd say it's really light nutty. Mm-hmm. And now I'm gonna see how, you know, it was very, very persistent bubbles. But let's see what it's doing when it's in my mouth. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. It's definitely. Um, a lot more carbonated than the yeah. last one, <clears throat> but the flavor is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, really gentle. 
yeah, I really enjoy this. It's, I don't know. It's indescribable. Indescribable. Sometimes you're just like, man, this is nice, easy, mm-hmm. nice drinking, and that's okay. You don't always need to be James Joyce when it comes to your wine description. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you're Hemingway, you know? <laughs> sometimes you're just a man on the sea with short sentences. <laughs> mm, staccato. Well, I think you're on the right track. Um, yeah, well, this is a stellium. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, at this point, I'm, I have no idea where this could be. Either mm-hmm. you are, either either you're new worlding me or you're, you, since it's a tinier bottle, you got a, a oh, champagne. Like a really to, fancy one. sometimes like uh, the fancy. I say trust your instincts. Yeah. The fancy champagnes will sometimes do a little smaller bottle so us, right. uh, you know, middle middle to lower class people can enjoy them once in a while. I will say, um, in, in that vein, I only got this because I didn't want to open two giant bottles of champagne at mm. the same time. I wasn't going for anything fancy with the smaller bottle. Yeah. Oh, there's a little bit of, like, peach on this one, too. Mm. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. so it's New World. Mm, I don't know. Mm, you just came back from New Mexico, Adrian. Did I? Did you get some Gruet? Da, you da, da, did! Da. Um, I actually didn't buy this there, but I, I, I did try to go taste some there. Um, yeah, there's a really famous uh, sparkling wine producer from New Mexico that makes champagne-style wine, and it's called Gruet, and it is in fucking New Mexico, Albuquerque. Yeah, we uh, both just came back from the motherland, oh, yeah. and... Um, I did some uh, quite a bit of wine tasting, actually. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, way more grapes to grow in New Mexico than I fucking thought. I thought yeah. it was just white. I thought it was. I'd known about the Rue winery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know New Mexico also grew, like, Riesling and V&A, surprisingly. Um, but for, as far as reds go, they grow uh, uh, the, the Merlot. They grow um, <clears throat> Cab Franc. Mm-hmm. They grow... Sangiovese, mm-hmm. um, but the reds are um, coming from a little bit more south. I yeah, to ripen really, them. Yeah, like De- Deming in New Mexico, which is literally a Deming. small, <laughs> a small farm town where nothing is going on. So, so fun fact for all of you people who are like New Mexico, that must be really hot. Um, Northern New Mexico, aka like literally the upper half of New Mexico, is hella cold. Um, it's a, it is a high altitude region, so you get warm sun during the day. But it's very arid climate, um, and it's very, very, very cold at night. Like, I was at home, and it was 20 to 22 high during the day, and then 6 degrees at night. And uh, we are looking out at a balmy 45 in Portland right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, which is why more white grapes are grown mm-hmm. in the northern part of the state, and mm-hmm. reds are grown in the southern part of the state. So, the northern region actually does kind of make sense for, for champagne and for sparkling wines, because... Things aren't going to eat, or things aren't going to ripen like crazy. Um, only thing is, I don't think the soil in New Mexico is particularly great for growing wine. But no, I agree. I guess it depends on where you are. Like it's pretty acidic soil, from what I remember when I worked in a greenhouse for a summer. Um, what I found interesting about um, is a lot of wineries are doing French-style Bordeaux wines because some of the, uh, you know, Bordeaux, the soil in Bordeaux is very gravelly and pebbly as is the soil in um, New Mexico in some parts, which is why they're growing Mm. um, a lot of uh, the grapes that are found in a Bordeaux blend. Um, So, yeah, I mean, 
interesting fun facts about uh, about New Mexico winemaking. So, but yeah, the Gruet, pretty it's, solid. It's been around for a long time. I remember growing up, my parents having it, oh, or yeah. us going to like wine festivals because my parents would drag me to adult things. Oh, that's fun as a child. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you there. Um, there was a lot of jazz going on uh, this this Christmas. Oh, um, it was very delightful. Um, yeah, the the Gruet is uh, in the Gruet Winery. I think is 25 years old or so. Laurent Gruet is a French winemaker that moved to New Mexico because yeah. But Gruet is the grape, right? Or is Gruet the winery? I thought that the Gruet was like. Well, this is the Gruet Winery, but Gruet Blanc de Noir. It's like a special oh, yeah. grape that they cultivated for... Oh, I didn't actually know that. I think it is. I think it's a special grape they cultivated for the state, which is why you can't really get oh. it. You can't get Gruet anywhere else. It's That's only... kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, I also could be talking out my ass right now because I didn't I... do any research on this, but... <laughs> I didn't do any research on Gruet, so... You know, we're just fine. we're just loosey goosey today. We're just loosey goosey. We're having fun. Um, we're eating potato chops. So sorry if there's some crunching. We're trying to. What's that weird? There's like a fetish thing on YouTube. Oh, ASMR. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Like where people. Are... Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, celebration. It's a time to celebrate. Celebrate good wine. Come on. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think we should do um, some seven things. Some seven things. Um, I could give you a mini wine term. I already talked about it. Um, oh yeah, let's let's yeah, let's do a wine term of the week. The wine term of the week is um, method traditional, which refers to adding the yeast and sugar to champagne wines um, to make them carbonated. So that's basically just adding in the stuff that becomes the plug later that you extract. And because it's, I mean, so that's French for traditional methods. Yeah, so basically. If you're making champagne, every winery is going to be mm-hmm. doing that? Yep. Cool. From, from, what, from what I understand, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it in an automated way or manually. I don't know what the blend is. There's a lot of unknowns yeah. that I think would be answered by, like, going to wineries themselves, maybe or not necessarily something that's, like, a readily available fact. Cool. So I guess we got to visit some places that do... France, France, France. All right, let's rank our wines and do seven things. Seven things. Well, uh, we've had quite, quite a day. Quite a day. Uh, Six wines on the table. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, God, I don't know. It it seems unfair to rank. I would say I like both of these sparkling a lot. They were very good. They're both different. Um. I think, but I was really drawn, I guess, to the Mutar. Oh, yeah. So that's really yummy. And then just do Gruy second. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm going to rank these separately. Mm-hmm. We're not going to rank the Retsina because it was just an outlier. Wee! <laughs> Piney the Gross. Actually, you know what? We no, should, it's not that We should do, um, it's like Pliny the Elder, but like Piney the Elder. Piney the Elder. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a famous beer for y'all who like beer. Okay, so uh, you, you would say the Mutar first and then and then the Gruet. And then for the um, the. <clears throat> for the Gamay's slash Beaujolais. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm just going to go with the classic. Yeah. Uh, George DeBuff uh, I like, Nouveau. I like that the best of the three as well. And then I'll do the villages after that. And probably the bow and arrow third. But I'm yeah. actually going to taste it again. again Let's right taste now. it again and find out what happens to our, what? our friend Le Bow and Arrow. Oh, wow. The color. It's, the color is so crazy. It looks like a fuchsia crayon. It really does. Like the color, it almost matches the label. Look at that. Oh, it really does. Oh, I think uh, some of the funk's initial yeah. smell has kind of gone away. I'm really giving it. I'm really swirling the shit out of this. I got some air mm. on it. Tastes way better. It's still really tart. It's like tart ass cherry taste, but it's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's a little bit better. It doesn't hit you in the face full of um full of poop smell quite as much. Yeah. The the Brit. The Brit. The Brit. Every Brit? time I say it, I just think of Flight of the Congress. What's your name? Brit? Uh, like Brittany? No, <laughs> like Brit. Brit? <laughs> oh my god, I have to rewatch what you do in the shadows. It's, oh my god, it's such a good movie. I'm also going to just try this Villages again. But yeah, basically, what I do need to do is put this Nouveau, George DeBuff Nouveau, my glass for my seven things. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the one you're going to do your seven things with? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I gotta take my dog to the bed. Oh no, that's why these are here though, I mm -hmm. guess. 100%. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay. Hallie. Yeah. Um, seven things you intend to do on New Year's Eve with this wine. Oh, well. I intend to make a uh, New Year's resolution list of five things and then probably scratch like four of them out because I'm realistically only going to accomplish one of those things. Mm. I am going to try on six different dresses and then just probably scrap all that and put on some pants because I get really, really cold easily. Duh. I... Um, I'm going to waffle back and forth about uh, where I want to go, but then realize that I have an obligation to be in uh, the New Year's Eve show at Curious Comedy Theater. <laughs> a twat. A twat. Um, I'm going to just really not want to do any work uh, at oh, all yeah. that day. Uh, I was really hoping that work would get canceled, but I don't think that's going to happen. Quack. Uh I'm going <clears> to <throat> eat a fucking delicious big meal. Because you know what? There's nothing that takes you down the next day by not eating enough food before you start drinking. Suck! <laughs> um, I am going to look my dog deeply in the eyes and tell him that um, my New Year's resolution to him is to give him ten more kisses a day because he deserves it. The little prince he is. This. I am also on that day... <clears throat> I'm going to drink some champagne. Yeah! Shit! Yes! Set things! Set with! Uh, shows. Set, uh, sh show, shows. Shows? Sh shows is thing. Count oh. the shows is something. Oh. So, set shows? Set shows. Set shows. Set. Yep. Great. Great. What was your, Adrian, what's your, uh, ranking of the wines this week? Um, I would definitely say that my favorite is the, is the Mutad. Um, overall, so I'm gonna go with that one. Um, and then my secondary ranking, honestly, I really liked this Beaujolais Nouveau, the George de Boeuf, so I'm gonna say second, Gruet, third, 
And then I'm going to say the Gamay Nouveau from Bow and Arrow just because it was more fun and mm-hmm. funky than the Louis Jadot. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the Louis Jadot is like a little bit more approachable, it's um, sometimes I like to... I so I have a, I think I've mentioned this before. I have a secret fear that I'm a non-taster or... Yeah, you have. <laughs> I think this is a really dumb fear. <laughs> um, but I really like spicy, funky stuff. Stuff. And so sometimes, even though it's not like the most delicious or approachable, sometimes when I get something that's really funky, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna do this with the with the champagne with with tads, the non-vintage Grand Cruve uh, Brut. So it has very very little added sugar. Dry I love I love I learned so much good. about champagne labels today. I know, which is helpful because like means a lot of different stuff and the worst is is buying one that you think is dry oh. and finding out it's not. <laughs> and it's real I don't know. Oh. I think sweet champagne is disgusting. I do too. I really do. Um I like aged champagne though. If you if you have a chance to go to like a wine bar and get like a really old champagne that's like super nutty, like oh yeah. That's what I'm all about. Yeah. Nutty, bready are are very mm-hmm. good descriptors. Oh, anyway, <clears throat> um, this is so good. Adrian, um, with seven uh, set shows, um, you would do. I need that. Oh no, I know. Uh. I, I don't even know how to count to twenty. Whoa! Um, and then other weird things because French numbers are fucked up. Like uh, seventy, mm-hmm. you say sixty plus ten, so it's like. So soixante is sixty, and then you say so you say sixty ten, and that's seventy. Yeah, it's dumb. Sorry, France. I hate the way you count. Um, but I love so many other things about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, seven things while drinking the moutard. Just seven things I do in general. Um, actually, let's spice it up. Seven uh, New Year's resolutions. Oh, boo boo boo! Pop pop. Um, Back okay. to community shout out. <laughs> Uh, resolution number one, um, let's see, oh, go on at least one hike a month with Charlie, because he loves to hike, Aww. and I haven't really been treating him to many adventures. One. Un. 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 Uh. Um, resolution number two, actually go to the mailbox, or go to the, the post office when I fucking need to mail something, instead of just letting it sit on my shelf, and not ever mailing things ever. It's a modest I'm the worst at going to the post office. It's a modest, very doable goal, I think. Very doable. Duh. Duh. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, go on at least one international trip, if not two. Ooh, trois. Trois. Uh, Try to go back to Boston. I graduated from school in Boston. I haven't been there since 2010. So I'd like to go back and see. I'd go to Boston. Yeah, yeah you would. I've never been to Boston. I've always really wanted to go. I really want to do like a cool East Coast tour where I go to Boston, New York, and Philly. Mm. And they're, cause they're all really like close. Close and travelable. So that's my third. Uh, oh, wait, did I already say toi? Did you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was what. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, now, now we're on cat. So I did a, a pretty close to my resolution this year of reading at least one book every two months. Uh, I only got to five. 
Really? But you know what? Pretty good, especially considering the amount of like small clustered reading I've done about wine in between. I'm gonna consider it that I did it, and I'm gonna keep that goal. Wunderbar. Thank. Yeah. Oh, make some notes. Ooh, wunderbar. Um, I'm going to um be one of those people that has like a minimalist closet and just mixes and matches a couple of really awesome items. That's not gonna happen. Oh man. It's, it's in my, you know. Oh, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> uh, so that was saying so. Cease. Cease. Um, so I got one more. Um, two more. This one. Two more. Okay. Cease and stuff. Um, I am going to finally buy <laughs> a fucking HDMI to audio cable so that I can hook up the sound for my PS4 to my stereo. It's really boring, but like, oh. I just want some good sound because like I play everything through my PS4 and yeah. I have a nice stereo system yeah, and bro. I just let everything go through my TV like a dumb dumb. <laughs> And then, uh, so now we're on fifth. Fifth, um, lose 20 pounds. <laughs> That's a lot. You're tiny. Maybe 15. Oh, I need to lose like 150. Mm. Just kidding. I'm not that big. Let's go to France first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to France first. Seven things. That was our first seven things where we were like being honest about our being real honest. life. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys, you know, shocker, we, when we do seven things, it's made up fairly uh-huh. quickly on the spot and probably not real. Sorry for any of you. Do we wanna do like an alternative and see which one's like the funniest? Mm. And then mix it in. We can do both. Okay. Yeah. Just do we could just do like a random. Like, like a random one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um And now we must do a seven thing. Oh set shows. Sept shows. Uh Helly, please please rank your wines in order from one to six. No, five. We have five. Yeah, we're not counting that Retsina. Um, oh, yeah. That was harsh. It was whew, bizarre. Oof. That was Bizarro Town. Yeah. I'm sure that's, you know, palatable to some people. I'm probably never going to get one of those again. I would drink it in, if I was ever in Attica in Greece. I would do what the locals do. I would do what the Grecians do. And have it with the funky-ass food that it, it literally said to pair it with a shit ton of garlic. Like, well, is that good? Is That's that a good? not a good sign. It's also, it, it tastes like one of those things where if you drink too much of it, you'll go blind. <laughs> <laughs> like a curse. The wine is like, it's like a curse. curse. Like yeah. A curse. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I love these sparklings today. They were both so good. Oh. Um, you know, if I'm going to compare... The sparklings, uh, I would say like the moutard and then the gruet, mm-hmm. and then as for the reds, uh, the nouveau was super tasty this mm-hmm. year. I was reading that this 2018 is probably one of the better vintages that's ever uh, rolled out. Rolled out. Yeah, rolled out. Um, that gamay nouveau opened up. Um, that gamay. That gamay. Dun, bum, Ooh, it's like a Cole Porter song. Oh, I was going for roll out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it sounded kind of like showy. Like when we drink the gamay nouveau, it's really good, and we want to tiptoe around. <laughs> and you're gonna show down. <laughs> oh, that is to the tune of Anything Goes for any of you that are wondering. Um, but the village, I don't know. I like the the, the Beaujolais mm-hmm. villages. Um, it is. It's super lean. It's just gonna go good with a lot of stuff. This one, I you can drink, you know, on its own. But mm-hmm. I think this Gamay Nouveau. Oh, I'll put that last. Yeah. So, um, but I will do. So yeah, I'll do my seven things with just the George DeBuff 2018. All right, Hallie. Um, yes. 
Seven things that you would do while drinking George Buff Beaujolais Nouveau 2018. Um, <clears throat> I would try and find as many um, picture uh, Nicolas Cage novelty uh, cloth items on the internet, and I would order them all, and then I would make a quilt. <gasps> so it would be like... Whoa, be, a quilt of Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but like of the things that people have already put Nicolas Cage on, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would keep you warm at night. It would. One! <laughs> Fun. Fun. Um, I want to spend like a good month just researching. Uh, actually, I want to. I want to research some tarot. I want to like really get in a tarot for like a whole month. You know, Ooh. like I want to find a good deck. I want to like read things. I don't know. I don't know. I was never hating on it, but now I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, we did some tarot over uh, Christmas break with my girlfriends, and it was pretty fun. Do, do you have a tarot deck? I do. Oh my god! It's why really did... cool looking too. I'll oh show it to you in a bit. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Oh, round three now. We. I want to buy a. Fi- I've, I've probably said this before because it's probably just deep in the rest, recesses of my mind. I really want to buy a nice fainting couch. <gasps> Ooh! Oh, do I love painting couches. Oh my god! It's always been my dream is to have a painting couch. <laughs> I love when we find out weird secret things about yeah, each other that we both are like, oh my god, you too. <laughs> um, I want to have like a traditional English tea ceremony where I have like the tiered stack thing with all the shit on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of those in Portland. We could find them. Ooh, yes, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um... I want to take my dog to a ball pit because I just want to see if he'll undulate in and out of the balls like he does in fall leaves. Um, <laughs> He'd also probably be like, balls, 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 balls. <laughs> Everywhere there's balls. Sonk. Um, I think that was Sonk, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I want to make like a wedding dress appointment and then just like pretend I'm getting engaged just so I can try on wedding dresses. <laughs> Can we do that together? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we can be like, we're having a joint wedding. Yeah. We love each other so much. We're getting married on the same day. <laughs> but we're having a joint reception. Yeah. P.S. <laughs> is the biggest. P.S. is the Oh, my mom. See? Okay. Um, I want to... <clears throat> I want to... No. I don't want to learn how to knit. <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't know uh, why that's I was... so 2015. Uh. <laughs> but I wish I could make those cool, like, little crochet things that say, like, Ugh, like the the baron of my fields have no fucks to give or whatever. Like, so, like, embroidery? Like, yeah, clever embroidery. I'm going to take clever embroidery. Okay. I think that's cool. Yeah. And yeah. then seven. That is seven. Oh, that is Six. seven. Six. Great. Six things. <laughs> Uh, Adrian uh, Sept chose things you would do while drinking the moutard. With uh, the champagne moutard, grand couvert brut from the Côte de Paris region. Bless you, oui. Um, okay. So, 
we mm, oui. uh my my one resolution is to go um get the fuck out of Portland in August because like every August I'm like I'm gonna go so many places I'm gonna go camping all the time and then I sit around all August and complain about how much I hate summer oh. um so this is one of, oh wait I, this is just a thing I'm gonna do gotcha this is like a resolution but it's also just like a thing oh I love um, it I'm gonna I'm gonna make camping plans Ooh. I'm gonna make camping plans uh, un. uh, and then, uh, I'm going to go out and, uh, actually go bird watching with a field guide. Ooh. Yeah, it was like some binoculars, and I'm gonna wear some, like, ill-fitting clothing, probably a vest with many pockets. <laughs> <laughs> They're all, like, out for overflow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, uh, make a, a deep beef stew. A deep? Like, like, a lot of it? Or, like, rich, deep flavor? You know what? That's up to interpretation. Oh, I love it. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, I'm going to name all of my appliances. Oh. Cat? Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, some of them have names. Yeah, you should room, name room, My need a, uh, Roomba. Sorry, my Nito robot vacuum. His name is Roomby. He looks like a fucking Super Nintendo. Uh huh. Purple and gray. Yeah. Hilarious. And then my other robot vacuum, because I have two. Because <laughs> uh, <bougie as> fuck. <laughs> um, it it comes with this name, but it's it's Yuffie, and I think that's a cute name. That's cute. Which is also a name of a character in I believe Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> Never played it. I've seen it many times. I'm a nerd. Frank. I'm going to also also get more into tarot. I'm going to practice more. Mm. Do more readings for other people. Do readings. Uh, I used to do it on like a weekly basis where I'd like lay out the cards for my week to come, and I stopped doing that, which is dumb. <laughs> which is dumb. <laughs> which is dumb. Uh, cease. Um. And then, um, I, uh, want to take a magical trip to our motherland where we spend several days in Albuquerque and several days in Santa Fe, and maybe we, like, go down together, or maybe we get, like, a group of people together, Ooh, but, yeah. like, a New Mexico reconnaissance. Ooh, reconnaissance. Uh, and then you have one more, I think. So I do? You do. Oh, shit. Oh, this is going to be my last one. That's okay. That's okay. This is going to be like a it's bonus. Okay. Oh, this is the bonus one. Bam, bam, bam. Wear high heels more and, like, be good at wearing them. Oh. Except shows. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, well, thank you so much mm-hmm. for learning about uh, Gamay and Champagne. And Champagne and... And there's many more sparkling wines. I think we'll have probably a sparkling wine episode in the future that talks about more than just champagne. But um, and we promise we're gonna. I, don't know, I even think maybe next episode we need to do a new world region. We've been <gasps> nice. we've been really lingering in Europe, but for good reason. For it's good a lot reason. Of, a lot of foundational stuff there, but um, and it kind of like once you learn about a lot of the of the practices in Europe and the. Styles, you kind of understand a lot of new world stuff a bit better. Um, but I love that idea. Let's let's hang out in the good old new world. Not necessarily USA. No, we could hang out in the USA. We could. That's the thing. There's so many new world regions. We can hang out in New Zealand. We can go to Australia. We can go to South Africa. Mm-hmm. We can go, go to, to South America. We could go Canada. to Canada. Yeah. We, oh yeah. The world. Bottle blocks.
Till next time, 2019. Bye.